Town Hall Academy, episode 56. Ron, you're, you're absolutely right. I think you back up and say when you involve your team with it, it, it improves morale. The type of people that are coming in and deciding to do to choose to allow you to do service on their vehicles, um, when they fit your avatar, it makes it easier for everybody. And, you know, morale, company culture, every bit of that rises. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome automotive aftermarket professionals from North America and around the world to the Town Hall Academy, episode 56. Carm Capriato here, and we're talking ideal customer. An important part of every successful business is to define who you want as your customer. Focusing on who you want as your ideal customer allows you to stand out to them. With me in today's Academy are shop owners Ron Inchosti, Brian Weeks, and Patrick McHugh. Hey, it's great to have Jasper as a supporter of the Town Hall Academy. So when your customer's car engine or transmission fails, it's not the end of the road. A remanufactured drivetrain product from Jasper Engines and Transmissions will give your customer's car a new lease on life. Hey, I get emails and I thank you for them. They speak to the value received from listening, which relates directly to gaining insights and making changes in your business. Keep in mind that the stories and the lessons of the content library bring the nuggets of inspiration to fight hard to get to the next level. The key is to do something with the ideas received. Now, the audio library is huge, and you can find just about any topic or discussion you're looking for. Hey, glad you're enjoying the Aftermarket's premier talk radio podcast. Today's podcast does have a sister video. If you want to see the discussion in action, you can find it at remarkableresults.biz slash A056. Now there you can view the Academy as it unfolded. You'll also find additional bio information on my guests, links to their previous episodes, and a compilation of the key talking points. Yep, the cliff notes already done for you. Now listen to the Town Hall Academy Forum on your ideal customer defining your avatar with Ron and Chosty from Coast Motorworks, a multi-shop owner from Huntington Beach, Irvine, Rancho Santa Margarita and Costa Mesa, California, and a BMW Mini Specialist. Also, Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center, a third-generation service business with two locations in Augusta and Grovetown, Georgia, and Patrick McHugh from Bimmer Rescue in Richmond, Virginia. Enjoy. Here's why we pulled this panel together. It was a few years back when Ron came on and we did a great episode together. And I'll never forget it. He talked about this cardboard cutout, the avatar. And when we pulled this thing together, knowing that Brian is very passionate about that and Patrick also has and works on his avatar, and you can hear all of their episodes on the Remarkable Results Radio podcast, I decided to pull this thing together. Ron, I want to go to you with the first question, because we hear this a lot when I interview guests and they talk about, yeah, the, one of the most important things in really understanding my customer is that darn cardboard cutout we have in the back room. And some people say, what's that? So whether you call it a cardboard cutout or a avatar, uh, ideal customer, I think that um, it's it's often something that's overlooked in our industry simply because it's just it's at a whole nother level of, of understanding marketing, understanding your business. And I think that um, the vast majority of automotive repair businesses are sort of run in a sort of a firefighted uh, mentality. You know, we, we put fires out, you know, we customers come in, we react to the customers coming in versus controlling what customers come in. And um, the avatar, the, the, the cardboard cutout, we like to call it is, uh, is me defining the very best customers that I can think of and, and, and then focusing on those very best customers, the ones that, um, that trust us, that believe in us, that, that are, are advocates of us and, um, and, and really are the least, you know, the least likely to, to stray or, or the, and the most likely to recommend. They kind of go along with your purpose, don't they? Absolutely. And, and I think in any business, really any service business, especially, um, whether it's a service or product-based business, I think that, um, you know, building customer advocacy is, is really what it's all about. Um, obviously, Apple, you know, Tesla, there's lots of companies out there that 
that seemed to understand this and, and, and really focused all of their energy on, on this whole idea of, you know, we're believers, you know, we, we really believe in your company. We believe in your purpose. And, um, I think avatars or cardboard cutouts are the people that, that when you speak to them, they make eye contact. They're, they're really believing what you're saying and they, they, they believe in you. They believe in your company. They believe in what you're doing and, um, and they trust you. The thing that I love about the whole avatar thing and that we have focused on who our customer really is, is because it's part of the fiber of your comp- all of your companies, and when that person walks in the shop, when that person calls on the phone, you have a kinship to that person, even though they don't know it, because you've, really, oh, yeah. you've, you've already set up, this is our ideal customer. And so you, do you sense that your people work hard? harder, Ron, to make the customer experience right and to grab them and bring them in? Once they learn and understand it, it's, um, it's a concept that that's, doesn't really just sink in overnight. It's, it takes time to, to really um, cement this logic of there are certain customers that just are always going to get us and always going to understand us. And then there's customers that just show up because we work on BMWs. Or minis, and and so um, that 15 minutes ago, um, I just had a customer drop off, and you know she walks in, and, and, and in her hand is a bottle of whiskey, and she hands it to me, and she says, "It's been a while here." And I'm like, oh, "Thank you," <laughs> and and she's absolutely 100% one of our cardboard cutouts. You know, I, I know Ellen, and I know her really well. Yeah, she's been coming to us for a long time, and. I can just simply take her key and she says, you know, call me when it's ready. Wow. And, and in your description of your avatar, drops off a bottle of whiskeys in there, isn't it? <laughs> usually, yeah. it's red, usually it's red wine. But uh, I, I always, you know, one of, my, um, one of my takeaways is always been making some sort of connection with customers and, and making a really solid connection with my avatar is, is often about food or wine or food or alcohol, but, um, alcohol is not necessarily a, a, a cementing thing, but most people are obviously love food. And, um, and I'm a, I'm a nut about food and I'm also a nut about wine. So I, it's easy for me to connect with people about food. And so, uh, when I want to genuinely have a conversation with them, it's easy for me just to, you know, let's, let's talk about the car, but let's also talk about where'd you go last night for dinner kind of thing. Or what did you do, uh, while you were on vacation? Where did you, where did you eat? What did you have? you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and once you start to have a, a conversation that's not related about the car, then you start to really get a feel for this person's personality. You start to understand them a little bit better and they start to understand you better. Let's talk about that. Brian Weeks, um, can you help us start? Uh, okay, cool. It's a great thing. We need to define who our customer is. So let's spend some time with a little bit of a blueprint. And I guess, Brian, it would start with trying to define who isn't our ideal customer. Well, that's true, Carm. Um, and thank you for having me on today. It's one of those things that uh, you've got to have somewhere to start. And unfortunately, um, the, the easiest thing to do is figure out who you don't want to deal with. Who is, who is the person that... Uh, that's tough to deal with. Who is that customer? We've all had customers. We've all had situations. And I'm not talking about something that uh, you've made a mistake or you just, you drop the ball. I'm talking about the type of customer that you really, uh, really don't necessarily want to service. And it's okay to fire customers, if you will. Um, when you get into a situation of uh, trying to define who you truly want, you need to start first with who you don't want to cater to. Um, it's, it's the situation to where you can't be everything for everybody. And when you, when you are creating a brand, creating a brand story, there's certain people that are just aren't, they're not going to connect with your story and that, and that's okay. It's not meaning that they're bad people or anything, but it's one of those things that you've got to understand who your target customer is. And in doing that, you need to start with who your target customer is not. So that kind of helps define, all right, let's set this apart. You know, the, it's funny because pain is so real and it, it's memorable, it's vivid. It's something that's really easy. Like everybody can say, I remember that, that customer six months ago. But then you have to dissect that and say, why, why was it that that wasn't a good experience for them or for us? 
when you understand that and you just start listing these pain points, you begin to say, okay, this is who we don't want to cater to. You know, they're not going to understand our story. And it's, it's a situation that they might not want to buy your, your services. They, they may not uh, understand the value that you're adding in. So, and, and that's okay. And, and it's not based around a bunch of negativity, but it's trying to separate things out to where uh, you're narrowing down your focus of where you really want to be. Um, you know, sometimes you, you look at it and say, well, that's, you, know, you really need every type of person. Well, it doesn't. When you narrow your focus, that's really, truly going to help you create relationships with people. You know what I'm hearing here, guys? And Patrick, I don't know if you agree with me. Less is more. Absolutely. Patrick, you have a great story. I interviewed Patrick in 2017, uh, probably uh, three, four, five months ago. Patrick it was a great episode. I, in fact, I share so much of your STEM, uh, your STEM idea with people. In fact, I did, gave a keynote the other day and Saturday, and I, I mentioned you. And it was great to have you on. But we were talking this morning, Patrick and I, and he said it was Ron and Chosty that helped me mm-hmm. with yeah. my avatar a while back. How cool is that? Yeah. So these two guys below me are probably big time. Uh, they've been here a long, lot longer than I have. Doing They've discovered this avatar thing a lot longer ago than I did. And probably about a year ago, I was talking with Cecil Boulard, who's my business coach. I'm in his smart groups. And I was talking about these drop card things that I wanted to do. I wanted to put these cards on cars, and I just couldn't quite figure it out. And I was asking all these questions. Cecil didn't, didn't know what to answer. He said, you got to call this guy Ron out in California. He'll know what to do. It took me a while to get a hold of Ron. He's a busy guy, but he <laughs> took time out of his day to help a complete stranger on the other end of the, on the other end of the country. He gave me about 20, 30 minutes. And his, his basic gist, what hit me was you've got to figure out who these people are. Where do they work? Where do they live? Where do they like to eat? What do they do for fun? Um, what kind of car are they driving and build an avatar for, for who you want. And I had no idea you know, what this was all about until I discovered that. And I, I want to stress to everybody what a huge turning point that was for our business. Once we discovered that, we quickly transitioned from the shop that worked on all the old cars, the stuff that was on the last leg, cars that just need to be put back together and, you know, get another year down the road. And once we started to discover our avatar, it flipped our business upside down and we became the car, the shop that you brought your car to rate when it was out of warranty and you stayed with us for six, seven years. And so you bought another one. It it really, really changed everything, you know, for our shop. And, and it opened my eyes to a lot of other things along the way, little surprises. I didn't, I didn't see coming. For example, um, I started to discover who our avatar was and we found a way to plot our top hundred customers. We called our um, our point of sale people. And I want, I asked for a spreadsheet of our top hundred customers and I plopped them onto this Google map, a uh, thing called my maps. And it, it showed me where the people lived, where did our top hundred people live? And we filtered out some of the weird ones or the big ticket engine job that never can't, you know, we, we, we picked out all the people we wanted, put them on this map and it showed a huge pocket of of people that lived in this town that was like 25 miles or 20 miles from my shop. And we weren't marketing to that town because it was too far away geographically for us to think that it made any sense to market to them. And uh, our mail marketing wasn't stretching that far. Nothing was stretching that far. And I started calling those people. There was like eight cars or eight people in that town. I called all of them and said, why do you come to me? And, And they all said, well, I work uh, right across the street at this one huge company. So these people were, I was missing them and cause they weren't living, they didn't live close enough and but they worked near me. And that was when that clicked. Uh, it's not just where they live, but it's where they work too. Uh, and that all that stuff just lit a fire. And suddenly I started running around doing all this other stuff. Patrick, did, did they fit into your avatar? Well, yeah. I mean, they lived in this place that has, you know, they live in nice houses, the cars, everything clicked in clicks in for them so like the, their cars were newer cars you know four or five year old bmws and mini coopers um and they lived in these these areas they make a certain amount of money because they all work for the same company and they're if you're driving a bmw and you work for this company good chances mm-hmm. are you've got the income to take care of this car properly you know they all match they're all like the same got person it. almost you know 
Carm Capriato here with Ron Haugen of Westside Auto Pros. Ron, are Jasper product improvements important when deciding to buy your next engine or transmission? Oh, absolutely. Uh, not only important for me, because I know that I'm going to put a product in a vehicle that's going to last, uh, but they're important for my customer. Uh, my customer's already got an engine that's failed, maybe because a component was under-engineered, and Jasper's gone in and found that and fixed that. And if somebody's committing to the kind of investment to put an engine in their vehicle, they're going to want the best one they can get. Hey, Ron, what could you tell me about Jasper's customer service? Jasper's customer service is above and beyond pretty much any of the vendor's customer service that we use. There's been times that I've often thought we we need to hire whoever trains Jasper's staff to come train my staff. I mean, from, from the initial phone call to if there's a warranty problem, a question, a, a technical issue, uh, they answer the phone and you're immediately talking to the person that can help you. Hey, Ron, thanks for your insights on Jasper. Thanks for asking. Guys, let's let's jump into some really how-to stuff, okay? So, so the the, the team that's go, the people that are watching this and listening to this, and that are going to have a chance to listen to it on, on the World Wide Web forever, and they want to say, "Okay, cool, guys, tell me how to do this." The, we, we've got to figure out the who, what, why, and how of our uh, of our avatar of our ideal customer. But one of the big questions that I have, I'm curious. Do you sit down with your people, your team, and do this? Or is this something you do in the office by yourself? I think that it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's some of it's, what, like Patrick was saying, you look, at your, you look at some of your invoices, you look at some of your, your, your records over the past six months, let's say, um, and you, you try to um, discuss with your shop writers, hey, who's, who's the customer that you just always have the most trust from? the one that just always brings a car in and, and does whatever you tell them to do. Um, recommendations, just, you know, just go ahead and do it, you know, kind of thing. Um, that, uh, and, and then also, um, you know, thinking about a, another little deeper element would be to think about how, is there people out there that you feel like you can't relate to? Um, much like what Ryan was saying, you, you, there's people out there that, that you'll never be able to truly relate with. And those are people are going to be out, you're going to have a tough time advertising to. Um, and I think that the one thing that always needs to be, you know, thought about, um, and I'm sure many people that are, that are watching this are probably the first thing to go into their head is, is, well, I'm going to alienate all these people out there. Um, and that's not, that's simply not true. You know, there's, I think, uh, I think it's, I forget who, uh, coined this phrase of the law of innovation of, uh, diffusion of innovation, but, uh, the bell curve of, of advertising is the same as the bell curve in anything else. Um, you really want to obviously have the most market share that you can in any type of business. And um, what we're going to aim for is, is a peak of that bell curve. We're going to aim for our, our ideal customer needs to be obviously in a business or, or suited to our business. Um, then once you, def- once you define that, that peak, then everything that's on either side of that peak is obviously still going to come in. You're just hoping that you can weed out the stuff on the low end of the peak. You know, the, the, the bottom end of that, of that bell curve is what you're trying to eliminate. Um, you know, they could be the people that are just never going to leave the dealership. They could be the people who are do-it-yourselfers. You know, they could be the, the, the techies, the people that walk in and tell you everything that, you know, all the, the P codes that are in their car. Um, they could be a number of, of, of people. But the, um, the goal here is, is to in, obviously improve your business, improve your profitability, improve your efficiency, and improve your income. And at the same time, you do it while making customers even more happy and you wind up with less complaining customers. Brian, did you sit down with your team? Uh, you know, we did something a little bit different. And Ron, you're, you're absolutely right. I think you back up and say when you involve your team with it, it, it improves morale. The type of people that are coming in and deciding to, do, to choose to allow you to do service on their vehicles, um, when they fit your avatar, it makes it easier for everybody. And, you know, morale, company culture, every bit of that rises. But what we ended up doing, uh, you know, Carm, you and I talked uh, quite a while back about our business used to be called Augusta Transmission Clinic. And when we were looking at growing the business and expanding the business, um, we kind of took a little bit of a different approach. We went back to ground zero. We interviewed people, we customers internally with all of our people and just tried to understand, A, who we were, but then building this brand 
all was designed around who our avatar, our persona, our ideal customer was. So we kind of went from the ground up with it to where we said, okay, this is what, what do we want to deal with? You know, it's just like anybody creating a business. Uh, you know, what, what are you passionate about? We wanted to see who we were passionate about serving because what we do is tough, tough work. But when you're dealing with the type of people you want to deal with, it makes it better for everybody. So starting from the, from the bottom, because everything you do from branding, marketing, culture, everything is designed around who you want to target. It, it starts with the avatar. Brian, that is one heck of a, uh, of a takeaway here. Um, if you're going to sit down and find your ideal customer, you may be doing some big soul searching on the company too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. It yep. made a huge difference in, in us, you know, and it, and it opened us up to a situation. Again, we were looking at growing the business and now we've been fortunate enough to have two locations and, you know, that creates an, another dynamic altogether uh, because you really end up looking at your demographics and having to create really a, a second avatar depending on, you know, who you're, who you're catering to. Um, always tell people, start with one, start with one and do it very, very, very well. Yep. You may find that's all you need. Do you have different, you have two stores, Brian, Ron, you have four. Do you have different avatars per location? Yes, I would say that there's a subtlety difference as uh, our, our Irvine shop is um, a little bit different, a little bit different pace. Um, it's a little different setup. And, and so the customers that, that, that are around that shop tend to be um, just a slightly different um, affluence, um, slightly different um, ethnic background, you know, that, but this overall, I would say the um, the advertisements that we do, um, the marketing that we do, still falls pretty well into that category. It just we just we just maybe do it a little bit differently there. We we, we change things around a little tiny bit, and we're you know, constantly in a state of flux of change. You know, when it comes to our marketing, obviously, right. At their core, they're the same people, yeah. but like you said, the demographics might be a little bit different. They're the affluent area that you're dealing with, you might have a different type of service for that. And that's how the avatar changes. But at the core, it stays the same. Yeah, I'd like to add something that, that we've noticed. Uh, we've talked with our team about this, and they actually came up with this kind of thought. There's different avatars for the different cars that walk in the door. Yeah. Uh, a Mini Cooper owner is going to to want be looking for totally different things than an Audi owner or a, a BMW owner. For example, when a, when a Mini Cooper arrives. Mini Cooper's owners tend to be a lot more fanatical about their cars. They're in clubs. They do this weird wave thing to people. They just love their cars. And and if the car arrives and you walk out to the car, which we usually do to meet the person and meet the car and look it over and start to compliment things. This is an interesting color on the car. Look at look at this. What color is this? Is this the something blue? Oh, it's not. It's the other one. Like it it strikes them so much more than if you walk up to a BMW guy and, oh, that's a nice black color. And he just kind of looks there, stands there staring at you like, what, why do you care about the color? You know, they're, they're into different things and, and it, it's such a fine line. So I think uh, Mini Cooper owners tend to name their cars more yeah. than anyone else I've ever <laughs> yeah. met. And they got stickers and stuff all over them. And, and, and I'm not like that. I, in my car, I have nothing on my car. I've, my, I have the glove, the you know, the owner's manual in the glove box, and that's it. But if I if I can if I can be more like them when they're there, they they will like that and they appreciate that. You know, Patrick, that's funny you say that because you say I'm not like that. I think that's one of the keys too is don't don't design an avatar around you. Yeah, you're not, you're not your ideal customer. Yep, exactly. Um, even though you may know what that is, you've got to design and, around who your customer. Ultimately. You'll, the key word, I think Ron taught me this, or somebody, Cecil has said it a million times, you will attract who you are or who you're, 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 you're being at that moment. And, you know, the, the BMW guys don't mix with the Mini Cooper guys. There's plenty of people that, will, that drive a BMW that will not get in a Mini Cooper. They won't yeah. even drive it, you know? So that's almost even more important that if you attract who you are being and you may not be who your avatar is because of your location and the influ- yeah. influence you are in the neighborhood that you're in, that's that, that, that's almost more of a reason why mm-hmm. the success of your business is dependent on you really defining who your customer is. It's not you. Absolutely. It's not yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Ron, I love something you just said earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, about, about spending time and building the relationship and food and wine and all that great stuff. And what Patrick said about going, uh, giving, being with the avatar and complimenting them on their vehicle, it goes back to giving back to your avatar. Yep. Absolutely. I think the key is in any, any, um, any shop or any auto repair business, uh, once they start to get this and understand this avatar idea, um, it'll just, it'll just flow. It'll just start mm-hmm. to happen. Um, obviously there are shop owners out there that just aren't very personable, but, um, and they may attract other people that are very much like them. But, you know, I've learned over the course of the past 20 years in this industry, at least that, um, that it is an industry about relationships. That's, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so your best customers will, uh, will think of you as their mechanic, you know, their, their trusted you know, shop, their trusted guy that they go to. And, um, and I, I think that, you know, from years and years and even generations of, of bad culture in this industry, um, people of every single customer I've ever been in contact with has some horror story about some mechanic ripping them off in their idea. Whether the guy actually, whether somebody ripped them off or not is, 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 is certainly uh, debatable. But the, um, the feeling they had was that they got ripped off. And, and I have that conversation many, many times with customers that have been to other shops. And I'm, you know, they said, oh, I got ripped off by this guy. Well, tell me a little bit about that. You know? And I, of course, by the time I'm done listening to that story, I realized that they didn't get ripped off. They just didn't understand the value of what this guy was doing. And he never really, he didn't do his job. Yeah, the transaction wasn't closed right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Brian, uh, you sent me a great, a great notes. You call it a P4 ideal customer. Could you quickly share that with us? Yeah, well, we're fortunate enough, I was telling you earlier, to have someone on staff that handles all of our marketing, branding, social media, website named Sean Copley. And uh, as we were talking, he came up with this and said, you know, this is, let's call it a P4 customer. And, you know, when you look at that and he's looking at, you're, you're looking at people that are profitable, uh, who points others towards your business, who praise you to others, and who you're passionate about, you know, working for. And unpacking that a little bit, when you're looking at profitability, you know, it, there's a lot of different areas to look at that. You say, okay, well, profitability. Well, it's more about how many times that customer comes in. It, they're, they're truly a client of yours. It's not something they're coming in for a coupon. They're coming in for this, coming in for that. You, and you can break your, your KPIs down to saying when you're narrowing down who your avatar is, how many times do these customers come in? Two, three, four times a year. So that's what we're talking about, a profitability. Uh, somebody's going to take care of their car, good stewards of their car. That's where the profitability comes from. Um, when they point others to you, it's more about word of mouth. Um, the, the praise part of it comes that they're, they're praising, you know, their experience and they do that by leaving five-star reviews. Um, and the other thing is the passion, the the passion that we have to take care of these people. And that comes full circle because that, uh, creates more morale and it's, uh, motivates your team from that. If I was doing business with, with my avatar, we really worked hard at it. You don't really put down in the description of the avatar is that they leave us five-star reviews, would you? Because wouldn't you expect that you're going to serve them to the point where it's a natch that's going to happen? Absolutely. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't expect it. You just know that it's going to happen. Yep. You just want them to share those experiences. But the other thing behind that is, you know, you're only good as good as the last time you've seen them. So you've created an avatar, then you have to filter every one of your processes through what you're doing to ensure that you are, you're backing up that brand promise to that avatar. If you don't, then they begin to ask themselves, why, why am I doing business with ATC? You know, why am I doing this? So you've got to run everything you do. You've got to filter it through that avatar and know that you've designed your processes around catering to that avatar. Well said. Well said, Brian. I've heard a lot, guys, of the word advocate, customer advocates lately. It seems to be the word that I see creaming to the top 
which is that person to me <laughs> i think of the the ideal customer the the avatar would be almost right almost on the top of the list uh, guys that you'd you'd want that person to be your your soap you know your get on the soapbox and, and talk large about me the uh, the beautiful thing about that is you know especially in the online world there's all kinds of chat rooms and facebook groups local car clubs things like that and and we had an incident with a, a Mini Cooper years and years and years ago, long time ago. Things just didn't go right um, with the car, and and the guy was unhappy. He wasn't our customer to start with. He wasn't he wasn't the avatar, and it just didn't work out. And this guy slammed us online pretty good. He like he left this thing years after the fact. Somebody was asking for a, a BMW shop in Richmond, and he just like you know dragged our name through the mud. And and I didn't even realize it, but three or four names popped up that came and like defended me almost. I didn't say anything. I, I stayed out of it. But three or four people came and said, hey, listen, you know, this this shop will do the right thing. It, you know, have you, have you considered calling him? Patrick will, he will make right by this if you can just communicate with them. Another shop said, you know, basically there's no way. You know, like these guys have done such amazing work for me. And, you know, they were almost our like, um, they protected us. They were like, you know, they were defending us, you know, it was a very cool, very cool I'm su- moment. I'm, I'm surprised, Patrick, you were able to stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it happened. I didn't discover this interaction until like a year later, you know? So, but I called those three people and thanked them, and they're still my customers today. Good question, Ron. And that brings me to asking you guys, is that the right thing to do? To, should you stay on the sidelines completely or for a 24 hour period? What would be the way you respond to that? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Um, I think that I could speak for every business owner in any business, but things like this happen all the time. You know, you get uh, you get negative negative reviews. You may get some negative things said about you, um, and most often, you know, it, it just it pulls at your heartstrings. You, your your mm-hmm. shop is your baby. It's like a little child of yours, and um, you know, watching somebody beat up your child is certainly not something you're going to put up with. So. Um, we, uh, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it, it is. Every single time I get a Yelp review, every single time I get a Google review, it comes up on my email and I'm just like, you know, pray to God that it's a good one. And, and, and most of the time it is. Most of the time it is. Occasionally it's a bad one. I try to, to spin the bad reviews um, in my responses to, to, to sound like a good thing as best I could. I mean, often, you know, people complaining about the simplest things. Can be can you know can be a great opportunity for me to 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 talk about our business. Going back to uh, the, the subject just a second a, a bit ago about the advocacy, um, the customers are advocates versus avatars. Um, I think there are two distinct differences there. Um, I, I have to believe that um, you can have an advocate who is absolutely one hundred percent not your avatar, and um, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, I certainly do like to make every customer an advocate. I try to make every opportunity of making every single person I come in contact with an advocate. Um, and, and a case in point would be just the other day we had a customer walks into our shop. It's already after five o'clock. We're closed. Um, and he, he comes in and he's got this worried look on his face. I've never seen this person before. And he said, I've you know, been running all over and calling all over. And I just got this car and I've got it over at the tire shop down the street. And they can't find and I can't find the wheel lock key for it. And, and I said, well, that's, that's not a good thing, but I think we have a master wheel lock key set for it. And, um, and I said, but unfortunately it's already five o'clock. Can you come back tomorrow morning or better yet have the tire shop call me tomorrow morning and, and I can start a little process. And he's like, you'd do that. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Just, just go ahead and, and have the tire shop call me short, uh, long story short next day. I've got a, tire shop who's an advocate of coast motor work i have a customer who's an advocate of coast motor work and and it's it's uh an an opportunity just it's like a the, one of the easiest um marketing opportunities that i've ever had you know i ran i threw the box of tool of uh of locks in the in a car i had my uh my assistant girl does our filing she ran down to the tire shop waited for them they unlocked the car the wheel they took she brought the tools back and the tire shop calls me back and said, that was amazing. I can't believe you guys did that. That was great. Yeah. You know, we got this guy taken care of. <clears throat> and then the customer shows up uh, about two hours later or so. 
and has uh, has this huge smile on his face. He says, you guys have a customer for life. He goes, yep. I, I got turned down by three other shops. No one would even talk to me. And I'm just thinking, okay, so that might have cost you know me and time all of about you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes of, of my time um, to basically build a reputation both in that other shop and this customer. Um, now, whether or not whether or not that customer truly is going to be an advocate or, or excuse me, an avatar or whether the shop obviously is not ever going to be an avatar um, is it's still showing my employees that we care, showing the customers that we care and showing other shops that we care. Was he your avatar at, at the end of the day if you looked at him and put him in a no. profile? Okay. No, absolutely not. All right. Okay. Just curious. What Ron's talking about and what we're talking about with an avatar, this isn't an exclusive club. It's not about being exclusive. It's about being strategic. And there's yes. a difference. There's a big difference. And that goes back into, you know, an, an advocate. Well, just because you don't belong to our exclusive little avatar doesn't mean you can't be an advocate yeah. for our business. Exactly. My, uh, my employees like to call it the Jedi mind trick. Um, <laughs> when I go out and I talk to a, a customer that is absolutely the farthest thing from our advocacy, and farthest thing from our avatar, excuse me. Um, and I still turn this person into an advocate by, you know, they come to me and they're like, Hey, I've got this E46 and it's got this P code and it's this and it's that. And of course I'm, you know, I know this customer is not going to spend money to repair this car here at our shop, but I also know this customer is probably connected. You know, he probably has lots of friends. And when they ask him who he takes his car to, he's going to immediately say things like, well, I do it myself, but you might want to take your car to this shop because they really know what they're talking about because they're the only ones, you know, in reality, they're the only ones that spent the time to talk to this guy. And, and so I'm out there talking to him, talking about his car. Hey, you actually did that valve cover gasket yourself. Fantastic. That's great. That's awesome. You did a great job. You know, if you ever need anything from us, let us know kind of thing. And, and that's something that no other shop's going to do. You know, they're just yeah. going to ignore the guy. And let's let's face it, that guy may at some that he's spending the entire time now waiting for the moment when he could come into your shop with his newer BMW right. that he finally bought. And that entire time, he's been telling people that you'll never even know that he told uh, about you and what you can right. do. And that's, that's a little bit of magic there. Absolutely. I so love this. I love where this goes. Every time we have one of these town halls, each and every Friday, the panel just goes to places uh, that uh, is is way unexpected. So here we have avatars and we have advocates, and they kind of connect and then they don't, and they can work in your favor in every way. So, okay, great lesson coming out of this is that don't let your avatar, even though it's important to have, and define. Don't let that rule your world. I think the avatar is really about your marketing approach. Yeah. You know, you, you obviously want to keep those customers and you want to make those customers extremely happy. Um, but, and you want more of those customers. So that's where you're using the avatar and the, uh, the concept of the avatar to drive your marketing in the direction that's going to attract those people. Now, everyone, everyone that comes in the door um, may or may not have been influenced by that marketing you know, strict, you know, strategy. But once they come in the door, that's your opportunity to build an adv advocate out of them, every single one of them, yeah. regardless of whether they're customers or not. Brian, have you named your avatar? Yes, we have. Well, being from the South, as if you can't tell, uh, we named her Savvy Savannah. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing is, is when we sat down and did this, um, we just started, we started with a list. We started uh, saying, all right, uh, what does this actually look like? You, you know, what is our ideal customer, female between the ages of 30 and 45 and married and house owner and, you know, just start listing all these things that uh, they're really busy. They're this or that. And as we were going through that, I said, you know what? you're talking about my wife <laughs> and really, and I actually gave this to her and she looked at it and was like, uh, so I'm your ideal customer. So well, honestly, yes. So not because she's my wife, but that's, that was how things fit together. Describe her to us. All right. So, um, 
there's a there's a long list of all types of things that we've looked at. You know, we've looked at uh, anything from the backgrounds. So Savannah is uh, married with children, one in middle school, one maybe in high school, one maybe in elementary, but two to three children, uh, age between mid thirties to mid forties, female, professional mom, uh, works and or volunteers, owns her own home. And see, these are all things that, you know, you talk about owning their own home. Well, not that there's anything wrong with renting, but when you're starting to look at demographics and starting to really pinpoint, you've got to be very, very precise about what you're doing. And that's why I said earlier, it's best to have one. You can have multiple, but narrow things down. Be so precise about how you narrow this down and then build your brand and your marketing around that. So, you know, you, you look at personality. The personality is very passionate about brands. You know, somebody that strives to be a good steward of her, of her stuff. So in other words, if somebody's going to really take care of their stuff, they're going to take care of their car. Um, wants convenience, uh, wants things to be hassle-free. Uh, one of the things we loves free shipping, you know, looking at Amazon and it, you, you think that, well, what does that have to do with working on a car? But if you take that mindset and understand and look at your services that you provide and somehow incorporate that thought process that she has, something that makes her feel good into your process. Uh, so she she's willing to pay for prime to get free shipping. Exactly. There you go. It's about value. It's not about it's not about uh, the the end dollar. It's about value and what kind of value that that she's able to to get out of that. You know, um, got goals. Uh, she's organized. Likes to get things done. Um, gets the best value for her money spent. Uh, there's challenges. So she's a very busy person. So you have to look at, uh, you know, an oil service coming in scheduling. You know, you look at the entire process of customer calling vehicle check-in, you know, what your waiting room looks like, what you cater to. So you, you put everything, uh, you encompass everything in this persona and you create that. Then that persona comes in and deals with you and has a very good experience. So uh, even all the way down to, to quotes, you know, what do you think she would say? If she came in and did uh, provide, we provided a service for, what would she say? Um, she'd go out in casual conversation saying, have you heard about ATC? You really need to check those guys out. So we've really broken it down from priorities, her common objectives. Uh, you know, I'm too busy. You cost too much. Uh, I can get my oil changed anywhere. And then you start to, to design your business and your services around how she's going to react. And then when she believes in you, she's going to tell everybody. She's going to be a fan. Great detail, Brian. Thank you so much for that. You know, one of the things he did say, um, and Ron, boy, you got to go to Ron's website, Coast Motorworks, and you just got to look at the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. You just do. You have to. The, the more gorgeous bathrooms, I mean, it's Ritz-Carlton level. But you're, you've done that for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you, when you think about some of the complaints that uh, our avatar would have. And, uh, and Brian, you're, you, you know, I would even challenge you to narrow down your avatar even more than what you have. Um, you know, our Savannah is 51 years old. You know, she's got, you know, a kid in, in college. She's definitely college graduated, you know, herself. She's got a degree. Um, you know, she's generally well connected in the community. Um, and so that, that connection in the community, you know, whether it be, you know, PTA, whether it be, you know, in the actual, you know, let's say the civic part of the, the, the community. Um, you know, she tends to, to have a lot of people that she knows. But, um, you know, when you hear from these types of customers and, and, and our avatars, biggest complaints about the shops that they go to, it's, it's the bathroom, it's the customer lounge, it's the magazines that are available, it's the coffee, you know, everything that, that, that you know, makes them feel comfortable um, I always like to use this analogy when, when the first time a customer comes in, the, our avatar, when that first time our avatar comes in, she generally comes in with her husband. And, um, and then by the end of that visit, um, we almost never see the, the husband again. We almost yeah. hardly ever hear from him. The, the customer walks in, she's got her husband with, him, with her, and she looks around and she's immediately comfortable. You know, and she, she sits down. 
she really doesn't even need to hear all the new, the minutia about the car and what's wrong with it. The husband's going to listen to a little bit of that. Usually pretty quickly, his eyes gloss over a little bit, realizing he, we know more than he knows. And he's just looking for her to feel comfortable. If she's yeah. comfortable, then from that day forward, it's usually whenever something happens to her car, she calls us. And if she calls him, he's asking her, why didn't you call them? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's the truth. It, it, you know, so that's what we try for. That's what we strive for. And the bathroom obviously is, is just another element of making sure that she's 100% comfortable. You touched on something kind of cool about making people feel comfortable and, and how even the smallest things, even things you may not even think about, do it. Like when people come into our shop in the summertime, they're always offered a water, a soda, or sparkling water. We have like LaCroix sparkling water. Uh, in the wintertime, it's coffee, tea, cider. And we have really, we always rage about the hot chocolate. We have really good hot chocolate. You want to, you got to try this hot chocolate. Yeah. And, and most people deny it. Most people turn it down and say, no, no, I already got a coffee, blah, blah, blah. But it's not about that. It's that we asked. It's that we cared enough about them already, having not even known who they even were, to offer them a cup of coffee. You know, they could have just been coming in the door because they, you know, they just were in the wrong building, but we're still offering them a cup of coffee, like no matter what. And it's that stuff, the bathroom, just, we have a little basket full of like hand lotions and little toothpick things and little stuff you might need. And nobody ever uses it, but it's that it's there. It's that the people see that we care enough about them, that we want them to be comfortable, you know, and we offer those things. There's nothing, there's something primal about sharing a drink with somebody, you know, about sharing food or sharing it's like you're inviting them into your home instead of into your business. And it's amazing how people's dynamics will change when you're, you're drinking soda with them, you know, or just hanging out and sitting in the chair now instead of at a, you know, service counter. Absolutely. Hey guys, we're nearing the top of the hour and I do want to give each of you an opportunity to have the last word and talk about anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to bring here. We went great places. I loved it. Our title was Your Ideal Customer, Defining Your Avatar. I could go on for, I, I got a million more questions, but, you know, uh, we'll give it an hour and uh, we'll take it to the top of the hour. Brian, what you say? Well, I think some of the biggest uh, key points are knowing uh, who your ideal customer is, uh, what they think about, what they appreciate, what they value, and breaking each one of those components down into bullet points and saying, okay, and then narrowing it down from there. Because at the end of the day, if you know, if a customer feels like you know them, they're going to feel valued. And if they feel valued, they're going to come back and see you time and time again. But one of the biggest things you can't take your eye off of is you're only as good as the last time they've been in. And you've got to refine your processes and continually stay on that and ask yourself questions. Are we filter everything through your avatar? Are we holding up our end of the deal? You know, we've said we were this. Are we doing that? And you can't do that unless you're constantly evolving and really fine tuning who your avatar is. And Ron, I, I really, you know, certainly think that uh, you're right, narrowing it down even more. Uh, focusing, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be something. I mean, it takes a while to really begin to digest what this really means. And the more you do and the more precise you are, the better it's going to work for you. A question, Ron, Brian, Patrick, is redefining an avatar almost kind of like a business plan? You want to do it uh, every year or two? I think uh, it even precedes a, a, a business plan, really. Okay. Um, you know, you're obviously not going to have a business if you don't have a customer. So, you know, would you put your business idea or your business goals ahead of, you know, your customer? Mm -hmm. I'd don't think that that's a good idea. My point was is that you want to refresh your business plan often. And so would you yes. refresh your avatar? Absolutely. Got it. Yep. Perfect. Hey, thanks, Brian. Great stuff. Patrick. Thank you. First off, I just want to say thank you to the, the mentors I've had along the way that have turned me on to this kind of stuff. Without people like Ron or Cecil or my other mentors, you know, I don't, I don't know that I discovered this because this is not kind of my natural thing. Um, also, for all the other people out there who are getting nervous just thinking about what they're going to do in their bathroom now or how they're going to fix up certain things, I also learned very quickly that I don't know those things. And I turn that over 
to other people. I gave my wife my credit card and sent her to Target and she showed up with like everything she would want in my bathroom. And she is my avatar, just like Brian's wife. And it was perfect. And I didn't have to do anything and I don't didn't even have to think about it. And it's, it was better that way. And other people like, uh, like one of my coworkers, Mike, he buys these candles, these scented candles and he changes them up. And I didn't even know what a big impact that would make people walk in the door and the first thing they see, think is, wow, this smells nice. This, that doesn't smell like an auto repair shop. And, and that little touch I never would have known. And he, he does that at home. He has candles at home. So he just, he has my Amazon account and he just buys candles now. And it's great. So, Am I in Yankee candle? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they like me. So yeah, thank you guys. This has been really cool. Great, Patrick. Ron, I'll let you do cleanup. Well, uh, Carm, thank you very much for the invite. And, uh, and, Patrick and Brian, I'm, uh, it's a great day talking about this stuff. It's, uh, it's fantastic. I, 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 love, I love this part of the business, really. I, I think the big takeaway here would just be to, um, uh, to really focus on establishing this avatar, establishing the details of this avatar, um, and, and, and don't, let the, don't let what you do in business determine the avatar. Let, let your customer determine the avatar. Let you know, go through the list of, of people and the best customers and then start to, to think about, do I want more of this customer or do I want more of that customer? Um, really, really sit down and, and, um, and think this thing through. Interview those customers if possible. You know, they're generally, if, those, if they're the type of people that you really want, they're going to be easy to talk to and you'll be able to, to ask them questions, get more, more information from them, ask them what they do, where they go, what they like, what they don't like, where they vacation, all that kinds of stuff. And then uh, focus on all that stuff and then write it down. Have it in front of yourself. And when you put together some sort of a marketing plan, don't make the marketing plan something that you yourself will like. Make it a marketing plan that they will like. My biggest mistakes in marketing have always been that I liked what I put together not the customer, not the <laughs> avatar. Um, and then, like you said, uh, um, keep constantly changing and, and, and updating your avatar. Um, and then I would say the very next most important thing would be to train your employees about that avatar and explain to them why it's so important. Um, that could almost be a whole nother hour of, uh, of <laughs> town hall talking about how to train your employees on this sort of thing. Can we do that? Sure. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Next, within the next three months, baby, you're back. Patrick, yes. you back? I'm in. Brian, all right. I'm all in. Oh, baby, are you kidding me? This is great. <laughs> uh, it, there's just there's another low hanging fruit just came in. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. <laughs>